Turn with me in your copy of the Word of God. Let's go to the book of John, John chapter number 14. For the past several weeks, I have been preaching through the I Am statements of the Gospel of John. There are seven of those statements. Today we will deal with number six, the sixth statement uh, of the I Am. Jesus has already said that I am the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the door. Last Sunday morning in John chapter number 11, we watched him walk up to the tomb of Lazarus and say, I am the resurrection and the life. And today in John chapter 14, beginning in verse number 6, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You talking about an exclusive statement. There in that upper room, Jesus, along with 11 uh, other men, Judas had left the building. Jesus and those 11 disciples, he stood there in front of them and he declared this, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And it's an exclusive statement. And here's what I believe. As as the church, the church of Jesus Christ is a big place. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of different cultures that that, that come through the blood and and, and enter into the church. And many times pastors will call me in in the Rocky Top area when it comes time for us to get together as a a, a group of churches. And they will ask me to to head this up and and, and have all of our churches come together. We'll do this at Thanksgiving right here at Main Street Church. And we'll, we'll come together and we'll worship. And you know what? When it comes to to worshiping with other churches and other denominations, this is what I believe. I believe the one thing that draws us together is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the Savior of the world. Now, all this other stuff is important. The the communion and styles of worship and and all, all that is important. But if we can come together under the blood, under the name of Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God, then I can worship with you. I have no problem with all the other stuff, but I do need to come in an agreement that He is who He says He is. And Jesus stood up in the presence of, of those men in that upper room, and He declared, I am the Son of God. And before we preach here, John chapter 14, verse number 6, I want to back up. I want to back up in the Scriptures, and I want to draw context to where Jesus is, who he's talking to, what's happening around him, why would he want to make such a statement? In John chapter number 11, you remember that Jesus was teaching. He was called away and said, the one whom you love is sick. And Jesus waited four days after Lazarus had died. Jesus went to his tomb. And when Jesus walked up to his tomb, in John chapter number 11, verse number 43, Jesus said this, Lazarus, come forth. And verse 44 says, And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said unto him, Loose him and let him go. Now there's a sermon right there for the church. We, the church of Jesus Christ, who've been saved and born again, and the Spirit of God dwells inside us, we need to loose ourselves and let's get about what God has called us to do. So here's Lazarus. He's standing there getting ready to be uh, uh, to take the grave clothes off of him. Look at verse number 45. Then many of the Jews... Now remember, John refers to the Jews as those religious leaders. 
the, the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed on him. Jesus is just outside the city of Jerusalem. All these religious people have come down to, to comfort Mary and Martha. Jesus has now raised their brother. These, these Pharisees, these Sadducees, the Bible says they believed in him. But some went away to the Pharisees and told him the things that Jesus did. Then the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do? For this man works many signs. Jesus has said for three and a half years, my time has not yet come. When he changed the, the water to wine, he said, my time has not yet come. When he, when he uh, uh, took the fishes in the loaves, they tried to make him king. And Jesus said, my hour has not come. For three and a half years, over and over and over, he has said, my hour has not yet come. Now Lazarus has been raised from the dead. The religious people are beginning to form a plan where they're going to come at him. They're going to kill him. Jesus has now entered into the, to this moment for his hour has come. And in John chapter number 12, six days before the Passover, you know that the Passover is on Friday. Six days before the Passover would be Saturday. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, whom, uh, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead, Jesus is there with Mary and Martha and with Lazarus. This is where, where uh, Mary, she took that, 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 that very expensive oil. She broke the oil. She anointed the feet of Jesus. She dried his feet with the hair of her head. And it was there where, where Judas got all upset and been out of shape about this expensive oil that had been wasted in his words. And then the next day, the Bible says in John chapter 12, verse number 12, the next day, a great multitude had come to the feast. Now, Verse 1, it was Saturday. The next day would be Sunday. So this is Sunday. This is the triumphal entry. So Jesus, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took palm branches and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So it's the triumphal entry. Jesus is going into Jerusalem. They start waving palm branches. He gets on that little coat and he rides it into town. So John chapter number 12 deals with uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. John chapter number 13, it is now Thursday. Before Jesus and his disciples have gone to the upper room. They are there to have the, the Passover meal. And Jesus, when supper was ended, Jesus was there with his disciples. Everybody was having a good time. It was the Passover season. It was a celebration. Everybody was excited in Jerusalem. They had heard that the Messiah had come. Those people in the upper room, they were really excited because they knew that he had come. And then after supper, Jesus got up, walked over to the wall. He took off his outer garment. He took a towel. He girded himself. And then he got down on his hands and knees and he washed the feet of the disciples celebrating, having a good time. Everybody was so, so excited until Jesus began to wash their feet. See, they knew Him as Messiah. They thought He was the coming one. They'd left their families. They'd left their businesses. They'd left everything to follow Jesus. And tomorrow about this time, He's going to sit on His throne and where all His disciples were going to gather around Him. It's going to be a great, great time. But here He is washing the disciples' feet. This celebration 
this great celebration moment went somber. And a hush just fell over the room. It was as though a husband had walked into the wife, or the wife had walked into the husband and said, I want a divorce. It was as though the doctor walked into the hospital room and said, you're going to die. What was a great, great, fun time has changed. Jesus is telling His disciples, His closest followers, that He's going to die. And they, thinking that, that He was going to be crowned, and now they're discovering that He's going to die, He even told Peter toward the end of the chapter, He said, Peter, before the cock crows, you will deny Me. It's a very tough moment in the life of the disciples. And look what Jesus said in John chapter 14, beginning in verse number 1. Jesus said this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you go, and you know the way. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are, are, are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said this, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Verse 1. Let. I've read this passage many, many times. And I've never really looked at that first word, L-E-T, let. It means to, to rise up. It means to, to, to give permission. Now don't lose the context. Don't lose the, 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 what the room is like. It's, it's a very somber atmosphere. These people are, 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 are heartbroken. And Jesus says, do not let, do not give your heart permission. Do not allow your heart to be troubled. We talked about the heart. The heart is the hard drive of a man or a woman. It's the seat of emotions. Do not allow your heart to be troubled, agitated. If you're here this morning and your heart is troubled, Maybe you're walking through some storm. There's something going on in your life. There's trouble with your kids or there's trouble at work. The, the marriage is struggling. Your, 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 your heart is troubled. Let me tell you something. It is not God's will for your heart to be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. I know that things are tough. And in the upper room, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. The Romans are going to come looking for you. The religious leaders are going to come looking for you. After my resurrection, you're going to be the first church. You're going to be the one that spreads the gospel. There's going to be a lot of work for you. Your, your, your life's going to be in danger. It's going to be hard. But listen, don't let your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Then you believe also in me. You, what does the word believe? It means trust. You need to trust in God and you can also trust in me. 
All God wants us to do is to trust Him. Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again. And where I am, there you may be also. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be agitated, even in the midst of your storm. Here's why. Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Greek word, I am, in the Greek, I am, is a very intense way of referring to oneself. It would be comparable to saying, I, myself, and I only am. Jesus is standing before those people and He is saying to them the exact same thing that Moses heard when he was at the burning bush. God was telling Moses to go into Israel. I need you to go into to, to Egypt and I need you to negotiate the release of the Israel people. Moses said, Whom shall I say has sent me? You tell them that I am has sent you. The one that has created the heavens and the earth. The father of Abraham. The father of Isaac. The father of Jacob. I am the one that is sending you. And Jesus is standing there in front of those disciples. And he is saying, I am, I am God. I, this is me referring to myself as, as, as Jehovah the one who has created the heavens and the earth. And all through the gospel, Jesus refers to himself as I am. In John chapter number 8, verse number 58, Jesus said this, Before Abraham was, I am. It's an exclusive way of saying, I am God. I am the way. Jesus uses the definite article, to distinguish himself as the only way. Jesus is saying this. I am Jehovah. I am the creator. I am God. And I am the way to heaven. Now listen to this. Jesus did not say, I am a way. Definite article, I am the way. If you wanted to get to New River, and I went down here and I said, you go down here to this red light and you turn left and you go Highway 116, that's the only way to get to New River. People would say, that's not true. I can take you across Walden's Ridge. There's your trip. Go, go across Walden's Ridge. Go across uh, this, uh, in the Smoky over, over the Careful Mountain. I can take you through Oliver Springs. I can take you to. There's all kinds of ways to get to New River. But there are not all kinds of ways to get to heaven. There's only one way. His name is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. Thomas said, how do we know? How do we know? We don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. Jesus calls himself God. Jesus says, I am the only path to heaven. And he claims to be the truth. You can know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I can know the truth, but I can never 
be the truth. Jesus was talking about the Old Testament and the law and how perfect the Old Testament law was. He said, I come to fulfill the law, not to destroy it. But the Pharisees and the Sadducees had taken the law and they had watered it down and they had added things to it and they had taken things away from it. They had adapted it to their lifestyle so that they might be righteous before God. And Jesus is saying this, I am the truth. I am perfect. I am without sin. I am spotless. You know what? I can't be that way. I mess up and I struggle and I make a gum every day. But Jesus Christ never did. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I am the life. The life that Jesus is speaking about is twofold. The life is both eternal and abundant. In John chapter 14, verses 15 and 16, Jesus says, I'm going to go away and he's going to send you a helper. When you get saved, your sins are washed away. The Spirit of God takes up residence inside you. It's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit Himself, that gives us the ability, the wisdom, the strength to be like Jesus. Is the Christian life hard? No. The Christian life is impossible. That's why we have been given the Holy Spirit. And it is through and by the Holy Spirit that we can have abundant life. But when Jesus is talking about life, that He's the way, the truth, and the life, He's not just talking about abundant life. He's talking about eternal life. Last uh, Friday night, I received a phone call saying that I needed to go to Oak Ridge Hospital and see Buck Wills. We all know Buck. Word came to me that Buck had gone to surgery and as they had went in to operate on him and uh, look at what they thought was congestive heart failure, uh, they discovered that uh, that Buck had two different types of cancer. And that Buck is now going to have about six months to live. And he asked for me to come and see him. So I went to see him. And as I walked into the room, Buck looked at me and said, Pastor, I'm dying. But he said, you know what? It's okay. He said, do you know that the Bible says, this was yesterday morning, I have been preparing to preach this sermon for over eight weeks. Buck said, I'm dying. But it's okay. He said, do you know that the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe all, if you believe in God, believe also in me. Buck says, it's okay because the Bible says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again. He said, Pastor, I'm dying, but it's okay. Buck said, these nurses, they think I'm crazy. And you know what? To someone who does not know Jesus Christ personally, this is crazy. 
The Bible says that, 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 that if the gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. The gospel to those who do not believe is foolish. Jesus said this, don't let your heart be troubled. If you're going to believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Look at this. I go to prepare a place for you. Where's Jesus going? He's in the upper room. Jesus is going to Calvary. I go to prepare a place for you. Sometimes we get it in our mind that, that Jesus is in heaven and He's working feverishly to prepare our, 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 our home, our, our, our little cabin in the corner of glory land, your room. I don't know how you, how you preach that, but, but let me tell you something. Your home in heaven is not in disrepair. It's not in, in, in the need of remodeling. Your home in heaven is ready and waiting for you. This morning we took an offering that, that for the golden offering. They tell me that there's 9 million people in the state of Tennessee and about half of those 9 million people are lost. This morning at church, if, if someone would give an invitation and 4.5 million Tennesseans would walk the aisle and give their heart to Jesus Christ and to be saved and they were all bound for heaven, heaven would not be overpopulated. Oh, heaven would not be overrun. And heaven has plenty of room. It's been prepared since the beginning of time. In Genesis chapter number 1, the, 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 verse 31, the Bible says, In the sixth day, after God had created everything, that He said, this is very good. And in Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 1, the thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and God rested. I don't believe God rested on the seventh day because He was tired. I believe He had created all of these things, all of these animals, all of this water, the moon, the stars, the human beings, the fish. He had created all of this stuff. And on the seventh day, it was so good. I believe that God just wanted to step back and He just wanted to admire what He had created. And when Jesus says to you, I go to prepare a place for you, He's not talking about heaven. Heaven's ready. It's finished. It's complete. He's talking about Calvary. He's talking about leaving the upper room, going and getting up on the cross, bearing your sin. See, your place in heaven has been prepared, but you can't get there unless you go through Jesus. And the cross is where Jesus died and He paid for all of our sins. Eternal life. What happens to you after you die? Well, it depends on who you ask. Some people say, well, you just die. Life is a dead end. When you die, you just lay in the ground and it's over. Some people say that, that, that you become ghost. Some people say that, that, that once you die, you come back as an owl or a goat or reincarnation. But you know what? The child of God has a real unique way of looking at death. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 54, the Bible says this, that death is swallowed up in victory. See, Jesus goes to the cross, and He dies on the cross, and they place Him in the tomb, and He stays in that tomb for three days. And then the Bible says in Matthew chapter number 28, the Bible says that early in the morning, very early in the morning, there was a great earthquake, and the earth did shake. And as the earth was shaking, that the, the stone was rolled away by an angel. And the angel, he came and he sat upon the throne, uh, upon the stone. And I can just see every demon in hell pushing against that stone and trying to roll it back over the, the tomb. But the angel came, the angel rolled the stone away, and he sat upon it. And when those ladies got to the tomb, they looked in the tomb where they three days earlier had laid Jesus Christ, and he had ra- he had been raised from the dead. And because Jesus has been raised from the dead, I believe with all my heart, all of us who believe and trust in Him will be raised also. The Bible calls Him a first fruit. So what happens to you when you die? Well, the believer believes this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Think about all those people, all of your loved ones, who have died in Jesus Christ. Their body was taken and and placed in a grave. And their spirit, it didn't pass away. It passed on. It passed on into the presence of God. What's that like? What's that like to to have your, your body laying in the grave and your spirit to be in the presence of God? I'm not really sure, but Jesus said this to the thief on the cross. He said, today, today you will be with me in paradise. I believe for all of us who have loved ones who have passed away, I believe they are in a place of paradise. No pain, no suffering. All these things have gone away. They are in this place. But you know what? It's not heaven. There's going to come a day when Jesus Christ will return. And when He returns... The earth will shake again just like it did at the, at, at, on that first Easter Sunday morning and the tombs and the graves will be open. I can take you to cemeteries where there are no headstones. They're just rocks. And it looks like over the years someone has tried to carve into those stones the names of the people that have died. But over the years, the weather and, 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 and the storms, and you can't even read the name now. So there's someone laying in this grave and the only way that you know it's a grave is because there's a marker there. Let's say that that person who has a head marker with no name on it died in Jesus Christ. One of these days, Jesus is going to return and with a loud shout, this person is going to raise. He's going to raise that body up and that resurrected body is going to join together with that spirit and they're going to have a resurrected body and they're going to live in heaven forever and ever again. Listen. I told you I was going to preach a sermon on, on what's heaven like. I don't know what heaven's going to be like exactly. But I know that Isaiah chapter number 11 says this, that the lion will lay down with the lamb. The Bible says that the little child will lead them. You know what? In heaven, there's going to be no strife, no pain. If there are bears in heaven, bears will not maul you. 
in heaven. If there are cats in heaven, and we all know there will not be cats in heaven, but cats will not scratch you in heaven. There'll be an email on that one, but heaven is going to be, listen, heaven is a perfect place created for a perfect people. And that perfect place will not, there will be no sin allowed into that place. And what makes me perfect, what allows me to get into that perfect place is the blood of Jesus Christ. And there's coming a day based on this promise. You know what? You may be walking through a storm. You may be walking through a, 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 a terrible time in your life. But John chapter 14 verse number 3 is a tremendous promise of God. If I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you into myself that where I am, there you may be also. Yes, times are hard. Yes, there are storms. Yes, we go through all kinds of stuff. But there's coming a day. There's coming a day when Jesus Christ will come. And all of this is going to be over. All of this pain and suffering, it's going to be gone. And the Bible says this, Behold, I make all things new. And there'll be no more pain. There'll be no more suffering. And you know what? Even in the midst of the storm, Jesus said this, Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. I'm telling you. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus Christ was either Lord or lunatic. Jesus Christ was either who He says He is or He was crazy. What do you say about Jesus Christ this morning? I say He is Lord. I say He is the Christ. I say that He is the Savior of the world. And I have placed all of my trust. I have placed all of my hope, all of my unshakable hope in Jesus. I don't trust Jesus Christ and my giving. I don't trust Jesus Christ in my mission work. I trust Jesus Christ only. Who do you trust? Bow your heads with me, please. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Who are you trusting in this morning? Who are you trusting? Who are you leaning on? In the midst of your storm, maybe, maybe you, you, you feel like those disciples. You feel like that you have just walked into a, a a storm and you're never going to get out of it? Believe in Jesus Christ. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never made Him Lord of your life. You've never asked Him to save you. This would be a great time to do This would be a great time to trust Him. Call on Him. Ask Him into your heart. Lord, we love you. 
and we praise you and we trust in you. And I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that the people will do 